Well, if you have your Bibles, let's look at uh, Galatians, uh, or not Galatians, Genesis chapter 4. And uh, the title of the message this morning is Raising Cain or Raising uh, Abel. And uh, in our passage, we're going to just uh, look at uh, five verses this morning. But uh, we pick up in verse 1, and uh, Eve has just um, given birth to her firstborn son, uh, Cain. And uh, the Bible says this in verse 1, And now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. I want I want you to imagine Eve holding this child right now. And, and uh, first, first child she's ever had. She's probably feeling uh, a little overwhelmed. But at the same time, she's feeling uh, rather hopeful. Uh, Eve, uh, Adam and Eve, they've already disobeyed God. Uh, they've been expelled from uh, the Garden of Eden. They've been expelled from paradise. And uh, they've heard God promise to Eve that uh, uh, there is going to be born to the seed a woman, uh, a man. If you have your Bibles, you look at um, uh, chapter 3. And um, I didn't uh, prepare this part, but uh, let me... Where's that verse that talks about coming from the seed of a woman? Help me out here. Verse 15, thank you. The Bible says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And to the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing, and pain shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over over you. And uh, but I'm not seeing the. I will put enmity between you and your woman, between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head. God's promising a seed to the woman, who is going to bruise the head of the enemy. And now here is Eve holding this child. And she's probably thinking to herself, this is the seed of promise. You know, I'm responsible for paradise lost. But I'm hoping that through this child, paradise will be found. And we know, hindsight, that this isn't the seed that God is referring to. It's going to be the seed of a woman yet to come. And it's going to come through Mary, Jesus' mother. And that seed will be born, conceived through the Holy Spirit. But here's Eve holding this son, and the Bible says she names him Cain. Now, Cain means um, uh, acquire or create. And uh, I'm just imagining that this, she's thinking this is the son of promise. And, and I remember holding my daughter. Um, it will be 30 years ago in just a couple weeks. 
Why? Why? Yes, 30 years ago, in just a couple weeks, I was holding her. And, you know, I remember overwhelming feelings and wondering, you know, if, if I'm, I'm going to be the dad that, that she needs. And is she going to be one who walks with God when she grows up? And I'm sure that that's what was going through Eve's mind as she was uh, holding Cain. I believe that's what's going through a lot of moms in this room who've just recently conceived. I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you saw this on Facebook. This was on the church Facebook page last Sunday during the message. We had, uh, actually there were seven babies in the dining hall and they got pictures of six. But I'm sure, you know, that these moms and dads, uh, have overwhelming thoughts of, you know, what are these children going to look like as they continue to grow up? And are they going to walk with God? You know, I remember when we brought Susan home, or, or Allison home from the hospital, Susan too, and, um, how grateful I was that her mom was there. She, she stayed with us for about 10 days and she made that transition, uh, much easier. And when she left, I'm not sure who cried harder, uh, me or Susan. And, uh, but driving off, we're thinking to ourselves, we're okay. We're on our own now and we don't have any directions that come with this little baby. And uh, we have parents who live two and three hundred miles away. You know, how is this going to work out? And here we are in this passage of scripture, and Eve is looking at Cain. And we know the story. Um, you know, mom and dad don't want their son to grow up and lead a reckless life. But that's exactly what happened with Cain. His life went sideways. And all the fears that were in their heart came to fruition. And so I want us to look at uh, chapter 4, verses 2 through 5, and pick up with the rest of the story. And again, she bore her brother Abel. Now the word, the, the meaning for able is the word vanity. You know, I don't know what kind of little baby Cain was, but by the time Abel came along, the name, the meaning of able meant vanity. So it must have been rather frustrating, um, when the first one, the second one came along. And it, and the Bible goes on to say, Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock, and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offspring, he had no regard. So Gain was very angry, and his face fell. 
there's a few things I want us to look at uh, when it comes to raising Cain and Abel that we can surmise from this passage of Scripture. What are some things that, that uh, Adam and Eve taught their sons growing up? One thing that we can surmise is they taught them responsibility. They were able to provide for themselves. The Bible says that that uh, Cain was a farmer. Uh, he worked the fields. He he um, he uh, uh, produced crops. He was over crops. And for Abel, he was a herdsman. Now, when they both brought their offerings to the Lord. One brought from the crops and the other from the herd. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, you know, having a garden these days and the work that, that uh, Cain did, I mean, that wasn't easy. And having produced these crops, you know, is a sacrifice and it takes time and energy. And I thought I'd just kind of give you an update of what my garden looks like these days. Now this was uh, this was a picture of the cucumbers uh, at the beginning, and they weren't doing very well. And this is what my cucumbers look like today. See, they're growing, and I've they've produced a couple cucumbers. Um, let's see, uh, there's a couple of my cucumbers, uh, big cucumbers. So uh, yeah, very proud of those cucumbers. Uh, I think uh, this was my I think this was my zucchini plant that the tortoise had gotten hold of and I was close I was oh so close to just pulling up that plant but I persevered and this is what my plant looks like today yeah and it's it's produced some zucchini so it's thriving and Macy is very proud of that uh, let's see the, this was my butternut squash and again very pathetic but my butternut squash has taken over my garden in a matter of months. And that's what it looks like today. And I, I'm having a hard time controlling that. I can't even walk around my garden because of that butternut squash. Do I have any other pictures there? Oh, there is a picture of my butternut growing on the ground there. Anything else? Next slide. No more slides. Okay. So, you know... Having experienced this, you know, I have tremendous insight into what's happening in Cain's life as he brings this offering to the Lord, okay? I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> but Cain brings, Cain is responsible, and he's a farmer, and, and uh, Abel is a herdsman. And mom and dad has, have taught them these things, and so they've done well in this area. Another thing that Cain and Abel have been taught by their parents is that God is holy and means what he says. I'm sure mom and dad have had conversations with the boys of what happened in the garden. That God told them not to eat of the one tree and they disobeyed. And they suffered the consequences of that decision. And that God means what he says. Another thing that mom and dad, I'm sure, taught the boys is that we are sinners. And there are consequences for sin. Sin has consequences. You know, I'm sure that they described the Garden of Eden. 
and how things were absolutely uh, perfect in that environment. And everything, all of life, all of nature got along. But when they sinned, fellowship between them and God was broken. And they were separated by God. And they were expelled from the garden. I'm sure they talked about the consequences of sin. But they also talked about the forgiveness of God. And how God covered their shame and their guilt. When they broke fellowship, when they disobeyed God, the Bible says that they sewed fig leaves together. They were, they were ashamed of their own bodies and tried to cover themselves. And they hid from God. And God came uh, uh, in the cool, of the cool of the day into the garden. He knew exactly where Adam and Eve w- were. And he, he saw what they had done for themselves. But it fell so far short. Fig leaves. If, if they were in my garden, if they had taken um, zucchini leaves... I mean, zucchini leaves are huge. If they had sewn zucchini leaves together, it still would have fallen fall so far short. That was not going to cover their shame and guilt. It required the sacrifice of an innocent animal. An innocent animal was slain, and God took the skin coverings of that animal and covered Adam and Eve. I'm sure they talked to the boys about the fact that if a person is going to be forgiven of their sin, it's going to require an innocent sacrifice to be shed. Now understand, this took place before the law was given, before Exodus chapter 20 came uh, into account, or Leviticus and the, the, the offerings and the sacrifices were made. No, Adam and Eve and their descendants knew that for sin to be forgiven, a blood sacrifice was required. And so here we see in this passage of Scripture that Abel brings the blood sacrifice. Cain, he brings um, fruit from the ground. Look what Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4 says. It's in your outline this morning. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. Abel knew what the right thing was. Yes, Cain was a farmer, but Cain knew that his produce would not cover his sin. Cain knew that a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice, was required, and yet he chose to rebel. He thought to himself, You know, God says this. I know what my parents have told me. but And God says this. But you know what? I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to give my best of my produce. And surely this will be 
acceptable to God. And God rejected it. I want you to see this morning that Cain is the father of false religion today. God is very clear on how you and I, how mankind is to approach him. And he tells us very clearly through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father but by me. And yet we live in a world today who is convinced that there is many ways to God. And they have created a a God like a big old teddy bear. And God's going to love them and God's going to accept and approve them and embrace them just the way they are. And that they can approach God the way they want to. And God says that is not the way it works. It requires a sacrifice. But praise God, Jesus became the ultimate and final sacrifice. And so we don't have to sacrifice innocent animals anymore. Jesus was the perfect Lamb of God. And if we'll, by faith, believe and trust in Him, the Bible says that we obtain righteousness. And this is what happened in, 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 in Abel's life. Hebrews 11.4 4 says, And it was commended to him as righteous. Now, I could take that passage right now and I could, I could talk about the theology of salvation and how we as God's people acquire righteousness. But I want to switch gears this morning. And I want to talk about parenting. And I want to, I want to focus on Adam and Eve for just a moment because I'm sure that they were very uh, distraught as they watched their son spin out of control. This is not the way Cain was raised. This is not the way Cain was taught. And Cain wanted to come to God in his own way. And God didn't um, accept Cain's offering. And Cain's countenance fell. And Cain became angry. And he became jealous towards his brother Abel. And the Bible says that Cain took his brother Abel's life. I'm sure that that had to have been uh, horrific for mom and dad. To see their son go to that kind of extreme. You know, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, uh, verse 12, We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? 
because his deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. That's parents' worst nightmare. And as we're raising our kids, how we want our children to walk with God. That was Susan and I's fear as our kids were growing up. We had watched pastor's kids before. We had seen them at camp. We had seen them at Cal Baptist College. And now here, our children were pastor's kids. How can we avoid that course? We wanted our kids, we wanted to watch our kids walk with God. And I'm thinking of parents raising children today and how, how dramatically culture has changed. And we continue to teach our kids, but the, the current that they're having to walk or swim against seems to be much swifter than it has ever been before. What happens? What would God want us to know? If we've raised a Cain, you know, it's a blessing to raise an Abel. But what if, what if our child turns out to be a Cain? A child of the evil one. And some of you, you're there today. Your children are raised. They've been out of the home a long time. But they don't shadow the doors of the church. They're not walking with God. What would God have you know this morning? If maybe your fear is that you've raised a cane. I want to share four things this morning as we conclude our service. Number one is this. Know this. Salvation is from the Lord. Salvation doesn't come from mom and dad. Salvation comes from the Lord. There are, there are godly children who come out of ungodly homes. And there are ungodly children that come out of godly homes. And it has nothing to do with the parenting. God and God alone is in charge of salvation. So my encouragement to you, if if you're seeing your child as a cane this morning, to stop beating yourself up. Because I'm sure parents of canes are thinking to themselves and, and are constantly telling, if I had done something different, if, it, if I had just done things a different way, my, my child would have grown up differently, would have chosen differently. And understand, when it comes to salvation, you, you are not your child's savior. Only God saves. And if there's something that you need to apologize for, by all means, please apologize. It's not too late. But know that your child is not a cane because of your parenting.
That's the first thing you need to know. Number two, you can't guarantee your child's salvation. And we say this all the time at a parent dedication service. Proverbs chapter 22, verse verse 6 says, uh, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. That is not a promise. That is a principle. And generally speaking, yes, that is true. But that is not a guarantee of your child's salvation. But know that as you live that life of integrity... As you're that godly example, your child is much further down the road. But understand, when it comes to salvation, salvation is of the Lord only. Number three. And uh, number three, I want to skip to number four, John. Okay? And I want to conclude with number three. The third thing God would have you to know, it's just maybe... God wants to break you of child idolatry. You know, there's there's no fear like the fear of our children. When it comes to our spouse or our children, you know what? They are the most important things in the world. And we have, an, we have a tendency, mom and dad, to put our children ahead of the Lord. They are on the throne of our hearts. And if your child has gone south spiritually, it may just be that God wants to be breaking you of that idolatry. Look at Jesus' words in in Luke chapter 14, verse 26. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus is saying that we have to literally hate our children, hate our family members? No. But when we, if we were to compare our love to God, to our love for our children, it would it would look as if we hated them. No, we love them very much, but we love Jesus far greater. And Jesus wants to be on the throne of your heart. And as your child is struggling spiritually, it may just be that God is pursuing your heart. God wants to break your your love that you have for your child, and he wants to be on the throne of your heart. And then finally, the fourth thing God would have us to know is God wants you to persevere through prayer. My friend, don't give up on your cane. 
your cane may come to know Christ tomorrow. You may come to know Christ this year. Hopefully in your lifetime. But typically as parents, our children outlive us. And even if they outlive us on your final breath, I want to encourage you, don't give up hope. You keep pursuing God through prayer for your cane. I want you to go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, because I didn't read to you the last part of that verse. Speaking of Cain, the last sentence, it says, And through his faith, though he died, Abel died, Cain killed Abel. But through Abel's faith, though he died, he still speaks. Abel brought the right sacrifice, the appropriate sacrifice, and his act of faith and obedience, the author of Hebrews says, his voice, his actions still speak today. Mom and dad, your child, Cain, may most likely outlive you. Be encouraged. Your faith can still speak volumes even beyond your death. Never, ever give up hope. So who are you raising this morning? Are you raising Cain? Or are you raising Abel? Praise God for those Abels. I mean, what a blessing those Abels are. And Cain's are challenges, and but we don't love them any less. But how they break their heart, our hearts. Adam and Eve understood this. God understands this. And God wants you to continue to persevere Him through prayer for your son or daughter's salvation. Would you bow your heads with me, please? In the quietness of this moment, as the worship team comes up, I know there's some parents here this morning who are very concerned for their kids. Many are have been out of the house for years. They have families of their own. And even their children aren't walking with God. Mom and dad, it's still not too late. If there's an area that you need to be take responsibility in and go and have that difficult conversation and humble yourself and apologize, God will use it in your relationship with them. And by all means, Work out those issues. 
But if you're holding on and you're beating yourself up, stop it. Let go. Give them to God again. You keep loving them. You keep encouraging them. Don't hound them. Don't nag them. Love them. God, I thank you that you and you alone saves. Oh, we want to save our kids. We want to control them. We want to see them do the right thing. But God, they belong to you. Adam and Eve did all they could do in teaching their son Cain. And how difficult it must have been to watch their son's life spin out of control, wanting to do his own thing. And God, you know the hearts here of parents in this room and in the the venue this morning. God, I pray that you would encourage them and God, you would fill them with your peace and your presence. That once again, God, they, they would let go and trust you. And even if they don't see their child's salvation in their lifetime, God, may their faith continue to speak volumes from the grave just like Abel's did. And does today. Father we love you. And I thank you for your presence. And your love. Encourage. Encourage moms and dads this morning.